Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to the Diego and DeVore show. And they pulled somebody up from the grave, Derek Flair. And here I am to tell you that you're in the right place whenever you see the Diego and DeVore show on your screen, you are in the right place, and it's going to be big woo tonight. Hi, wrestling fans. This is Gary Whitehurst, former ring announcer with NACW and other indie organizations in the Carolinas for many years. When it comes to all things wrestling, you're in the right place with the Diego and DeVore Wrestling Podcast. When it comes to travel and vacations, you come to me. Once we get through this pandemic, I can make your vacation dreams come true, whether it be an exciting cruise, an all-inclusive resort, international land vacation, and so much more. I'll take care of you. Why me? Well, I will be your one-contact person. No long hold times with Booking Direct or big online agencies. And my rate will never be higher than Booking Direct and I do not charge a booking agency planning fee. How do you reach me? Well, I'm so glad you asked. I'm based in Tampa, Florida, and I can be reached at area code 561-424-6003. That's 561-424-6003. My email is gwhitehurst at cruiseandtravelexperts.com. That's G-W-H-I-T-E. H-U-R-S-T at C-R-U-I-S-E-A-N-D-T-R-A-V-E-L-E-X-P-E-R-T-S dot com. My website is gtravel dot cruiseandtravelexperts dot com. Hey, I got something great for you now. If you make a reservation with me and mention the Diego and DeVore Wrestling Podcast, I'll give you a cruise onboard credit or amenity. You can't beat that. And now, let's get back to the Diego and DeVore Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the Diego and DeVore Show. Brought to you by Invicta Watches and Rogue Energy on Anchor.fm. Also streaming wherever you find your favorite wrestling podcast. Whether it be iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. With your hosts, Diego De La Rosa and Lord Ever DeVore as we talk all things wrestling untold road stories and bring you stories about guys and gals you might not have heard about and what's to come so step inside that squared circle with us as we take you on a fun field ride all right here we are with another episode of the diego and divorce show diego man how the hell are you brother my man i'm doing good if my microphone doesn't fall apart here here we go no you know i'm glad most of the week's over and you know, they say you got to do the stuff you hate in order for you to do the stuff you love. Oh, absolutely. And this week has just been brutal. How about you? Getting there, man. Got the old man pains going and the temperature keeps dropping up here in the mountains. But I tell you, I'm still in a little bit of a podcast high from the conversation we had not long ago with Sonny Ono and the things that he's doing with visiting these dojos and giving these guys a hand up an opportunity to actually train in new japan and maybe perform in one of the one of the matches over there in tokyo yeah i mean it's an incredible opportunity so when when that episode is going out um 
you guys out there and you girls, if you want that opportunity, the opportunity is there. Don't sleep on it because I've always said for a very long time that there's no such thing as luck. Luck is nothing more than being at the right place at the right time and being prepared for it when it happens. Yeah, so make every performance count, make every practice count because you never know who's watching. And not sh- very shortly after that conversation we had with Sonny, we posted a link up with the video that he had on Fight TV, which exactly what him and Kaz Hayashi are the ones out there scoping the talent. So, which ties us into what I'm going to talk about right before we hit our guest tonight. So, you're like me sometimes. We're like twins, but, you know, with a big height difference, like DeVito and Schwarzenegger. <laughs> and <laughs> it's for real. So, you know, when you get the touch of the insomnia, no amount of NyQuil or Sudafed is going to knock your ass out. So, what do I do? I get on YouTube and start watching wrestling. And I'm not talking about that fanboy BS that we don't talk that here. I'm talking about Ultimate Championship Wrestling, scouting talent, or just watching film on guys, see who's out there, see who's busting their ass. So we've had a lot of good luck with that. And sometimes, of course, there's a few stinkers out there, but anybody can get better each match. We had real good results with uh, a guy that you've grown to love almost immediately with the Red Scorpion. No, oh, absolutely. I send you a link to his work. And you're like, who is this guy? And I told you, and boom, he's one of the first guys who booked for one of the shows. Yeah, I mean... Now, the talent is out there. It's uh, it's unfortunate you got to weed through so many wannabes before you find a diamond in the rough. But they're out there. You just got to know where to look. And uh, speaking of a diamond in the rough, I'm excited about who you have tonight. He, tr- he truly is a diamond in the rough. Yeah, I was. Like I said I was going out scouting and looking at stuff, and so I run across some videos. I'm, I'm watching this guy just kick the crap out of people. And it's not, you know, people say it's strong style or whatever. He's making skin move. Hey, look, he's out there just kicking the shit out of people. I can appreciate that. No, I mean, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even call it that he's kicking the crap out of somebody. He's just working the way you're supposed to work. You're supposed to work snug. You're supposed to work tight. If the person in the front row thinks that you can't kick his ass, then get the hell out of the business because you're not doing it the right way. And when you find a guy like this, where when he throws that punch, he throws that kick. He hits you with that clothesline. You sit there and you go, holy shit, my molars just rattled watching that. That's what I call a dime nerf because they get it. They understand what this is about. Yeah, and unfortunately, we seem to be, not we, because we're no longer in there, but we're witnessing, as a, that's a dying art. I don't know. I call it. Uh, you know, I'm not going to talk like a grumpy old man. But anyway, we'll get that to one other day. Something else that I hate about wrestling, the stuff that I love, but kind of like the Volkswagen Beetle kind of deal. But anyway. Jesus um, Christ, man. There's there's more on your hate list than there is on your love list. <laughs> well, funny enough, the love list is growing. So, so you know, things that I love. I love professional wrestling. I was born into it pretty much. Born and raised, and we met, and we tore up the roads for 20-some years, and we are talking about it, getting to promote, doing the podcast. So tonight, we're going to introduce a gentleman talking about going on YouTube and doing homework. You've seen him on Pro Wrestling Magic, ACW in Florida, and many other independents out there. So 
we're very happy to introduce to you one of the Get to Know series. We're talking about the Brooklyn outlaw, Donovan. Donovan, how the hell are you, brother? Yeah, man, I'm feeling good tonight, man. Loving that uh, loving that nice little intro from both of y'all. <laughs> hey, you know, it's uh, we do that because we're really high on what we're going to talk about with you tonight. So, so tell us, man, what's going on with you? Because I know that we talked about what people have seen you. What are you doing currently now? Well, right now, currently, uh, just, uh, I mean, there's not too much going on out there with everything that's happening in the world right now. Um, right now, just doing ACW down in Florida and uh, Pro Wrestling Magic. Uh, haven't haven't uh, returned yet to them, but I'm already doing business with them. Um, we're locking in a return for my so it should be happening fairly soon. Um, not really going to divulge in exactly what I have planned for them, but uh, I do have some things planned for them that are going to really shake things up over there at that promotion. That's great because I know that we're talking about there's not much going on with 2020, but slowly these promotions are out there, but they're having either the social distancing crowds or they're having empty arena matches. For instance, I was just watching now the uh, revamped version of NWA, what was power, but NWA Shockwave now, and these guys and gals are out there busting their butts. Nobody in the audience, but you could not tell with their work rate because they're still doing what they're supposed to be doing. Well, that that's the good thing right now about uh, everything that's going on because now, like you guys said, you're going to separate the pretenders from the contenders. Um, you've got guys out there that, you know, that are going to go in, put in the work, you know, even prior to the show, they're going to be out there grinding, you know, at the gym, grinding it out at the training school still, you know, honing their craft, getting better. So when they go out there and, you know, they're out there working with even just no crowd, which we can all admit is one of the most hardest things to do out there because in pro wrestling, you know, we feed off the emotion of the crowd. You know, we actually not even not only do we feed off the emotion of the crowd, we create the emotion. We create the vibe. When, you know, when I walk out to that ring, I create the vibe that, you know, someone's about to get their ass whooped. You know, that this guy from Brooklyn, New York, ain't playing no games. He's about to go over there, collect his paper, and whoop someone's ass. Whereas when we get in the ring now, as professional wrestlers itself, you know, we create that vibe to bring out the emotion of a of somebody that's sitting out there, whether it's, you know, I'm happy, whether it's I'm disgusted, whether it's I'm upset, whatever the case may be, you know, that's something that, you know, we live for, you know, as a pro wrestler, like you go out there, I live for people not feeling me, not liking me. I love that. You know what I'm saying? Because at the end of the day, you might not like me, but you can't do nothing about it. It doesn't matter, you know? And, you know, some people like for people to have love for them. I guess people are really reaching for someone to give a damn about them. Obviously, I'm not that type of person. But, you know, that's how, you know, that's how this business is. And obviously, it's a great business to be a part of once you get it. Um, but also, in the same token, again, it's going back to your question, it's extremely difficult as a worker to just go out there, you know, put in the work and, not feel that emotion to get that adrenaline, you know, pumping even more for you. So these guys going to school again, you know, honing their craft, getting better every day, going to the gym, making themselves look better 
So when they go ahead and they do all that TV, they look great, you know, and you can tell that the, you can tell that the work was being put in just based on how they're just going in and they're in the ring. And, you know, now it's time for people to perform, you know, so that's what's going to separate a lot from, you know, guy A bringing 20 of his family members to make him look like the big main eventer to guy X, Y, and Z who's been busting their ass for weeks at the school, busting their ass for weeks at the gym. And, you know, they're living this like this is what they, you know, this is what they sleep, breathe, and eat, you know? Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that uh, I touched on with Diego a long time ago is when this whole thing first started back in March and things started getting shut down and then they shut down WrestleMania. You know, the, the wrestling industry was turned on its ear and everybody was like freaking out. And they're like, you know, what's going to happen? I was actually looking forward to it because the wrestling has evolved to the point now. There are so many independent companies out there, obviously before COVID started. And there were mm-hmm. so many out there that were doing fairly well that unlike the generation before you guys, where you had to do those 20 hour one way drive to get to that show to get and you weren't even guaranteed the booking. You just made that show happen just for the opportunity to get out there and perform. What I knew that was going to happen when everything started shutting down was that the cream is absolutely going to rise to the top because the guys that were hand fed this business and had never had to work in front of 10 people. It's going to show because they're going to go out there. They're going to freeze. They're not going to know what to do because they don't have that enhanced crowd out there. That's going to pop no matter what. That's Uh when you, like you so simply put it, that's when you see the contenders versus the pretenders. And it actually made me excited. And you know, when Diego and I started this podcast and we started scouring out there looking for, the diamonds in the rough at first I was like, man, we're never going to find it because there's so many backyarders out there. There's so many wannabes. There's so many guys out there that are 110 pounds dripping wet and they all look the same. They all got the same cookie cutter look and they all do the same routine. There, there's nothing that distinguishes them. And one of the first things that, that when Diego brought you to my attention, there, there was a different feel about you. This wasn't a cookie cutter look. And the way you carried yourself, even just going down to the ring, was different than anybody else. So for the fans that might not know about you, explain how you got into the business. Go through your training and and what got you to where you're at now. Well, this goes back as, uh, uh, I mean, I've been doing this for 18 years now. So this goes back a while. Um, My upbringing in the business, I mean, again, 18 years ago, uh, I was in high school, had a buddy of mine who his dad, you know, did independent wrestling. Um, and his father actually ran a gym, a uh, wrestling school in uh, the Lower East Side. So uh, his dad's name was Pete McKay. Um uh, he's well known in the lawyer side. If you bring up any New York guys, New York yep. guys, and you mention PBK, they'll immediately know exactly what I'm talking about. They'll know about the Lower East Side wrestling uh, building and everything like that. Um, well, his, his son was the same high school as me. We would talk. And uh, unfortunately, before I got to really meet him and talk to him, he had passed away. And it was just, you know, always me and his son hanging out. 
and I had a lot of my buddies did backyard. Um, and they, one day they were just like, Hey, come with me, uh, come with me to the doghouse. Cause they were doing shows there. Uh, you know, quick little show so they could go put it on public access and everything, everything like that. And I just went there with one of my buddies just to check it out and everything. And then he was like, Hey, why don't you just walk out with me to the ring? I'm like, well, walk out with you to the ring for what? You know, he said, no, just come just so you can get the experience. And I'm like, all right, no problem. I'll do it. I'll come out with you. So came out with him to the ring. And this is legitimately in front of a bunch of friends, you know, a bunch of the uh, in front of a bunch of the guys that wrestled for the doghouse and just just feeding off their reaction, everything hooked. I mean, I was already hooked into professional wrestling since I was about as far back as two years old. You know, my mom would tell me stories how, you know, I was there beating up uh, the wrestling buddy of Hulk Hogan with yeah. Andre the Giant and everything like that. And I used to watch WrestleMania and the whole nine yards. Um, so I was, you know, hooked on that. I, I remember even as far back, uh, everybody was talking about Hogan versus the Warrior. And at that time, I, you know, I, I had cable in my house, but I didn't have pay-per-view. And my cousin did, so I was like, record it please i want to watch it and then like yep. a couple of days later i still i got the tape from him saw wrestlemania and i was like oh my god hogan lost a match what <laughs> you know so again then you know the training started uh the training started very weirdly because um it was just me and my buddy talking again i was just hooked on you know just going out there and i had told him i said you know maybe this is something i do want to try because i just kept talking to him about it and uh, he was like, all right, well, let me just, you know, I don't have a school to go to right now, but, you know, I can go ahead and take you out to, to the, my backyard and have you bump on some mats. So legitimately, my first bumps happened in uh, a building backyard that was there. He put out some gym mats, told me to take a back bump, took the back bump. He was like, that looks that looked too natural. Have you ever done that before? I'm like, no, this is my first time. You told me what to do, and I just followed what you told me. And then I, I I was there for maybe like a good three weeks. He taught me how to bump, uh, to back bump, uh, front bump, and side bump, pretty much, which is a lost art, side bumping, because a lot of people don't even do that anymore, even at schools. Um, and then after that, he uh, he had told me that there was a, a school in uh, Union City, New Jersey, that was running uh the guy's name was uh mike morgan um and he was like come down there there's an actual school so you can actually start learning um you know all you got from me was front bump back bump side bump so you're not going to get anything out of that just you know let's go to the school um and i think i think i might have did like two or three little backyard shows with with the buddies like, you know, I, I loved it, obviously, because I was just hooked on wrestling. Like, that's what I wanted to do at that point. Like, it was like, all right, you know, before that, it was baseball. Obviously, being of Puerto Rican, Dominican descent, is it just comes natural to us. So that was just like something like I was like, you know, that's a family thing. Like, that's something that I know I can make money off of. And then, you know, wrestling was a passion of mine that I never thought I can actually pursue. Um, so then when it... When it was right in front of my face, I'm like, hey, you know, let me go for it. So I went to the school, met Mike Morgan. Uh, he helped me out, started training me. Uh, after a little while, and a 
lot of the guys that are right now were coming around to train and honing their craft there. Well, I wouldn't even say, hon- yeah, honing their craft, getting a little bit better. I mean, guys like that are on TV right now, Jay Lethal, he was out there training with a bunch of guys. He had a bunch of students, you know? and I was able to, like, every once in a while slip into his class and just learn a lot from him. Uh, someone that really took a hold of me and really started training me, and I credit him a lot, besides, uh, besides Mike Morgan, is a gentleman by the name of Azrael. Uh, he actually had appeared on Impact Wrestling under Federico Palacios. Um, great, great guy. One of my best friends right now. Great pro wrestler. You know, he, he can go. Uh, very underrated, too. But he, he was also in Ring of Honor. Um, and I, I learned a lot from him. Learned a lot from a lot of guys that were doing their thing. Um, and obviously, you had guys from... That you got some of the New York legends that would come in there, like Homicide, Low Key, Monster Mac, you know, Dan Moth, you know, so many of the great New York guys would come in and out just to, you know, get a couple lessons in and and just go in there and just roll around in the ring with guys. But just, you know, you know, I remember specifically being in the ring with Homicide and, you know, you had that whole story, backstory to him. So you're like, oh, you know, oh shit, like I'm, I'm a little worried about being in the ring with him, but then, you know, you get in the ring with him and you, you learn so much from this guy and he's so intelligent to the business. To, to this day, I still, you know, I do a match and everything and I send him my stuff and I'm like, you know, let me know what I can do even better, you know, cause uh, nobody, if anybody can tell me that they know everything about the business, then why aren't you making millions and dollars, millions and millions of dollars, right. you know? So, I, I mean, even the most successful wrestlers are still learning every day. So, yes, I'm, you know, I always, I send them my stuff. I send my stuff to some of my boys too. Just, you know, even just promos. Like a lot of people don't understand. Like the one lesson that I learned in the business, don't ever send your promos to another worker. Send it to a family member. Send it to somebody that you trust that isn't in the business because they're going to give you their honest opinion if they, if they're feeling it, if they felt that promo, you know, if they felt that emotion for real. Right. Whereas someone in, someone in the business, you don't know if they're being a snake to you or if they're or if they're being one hundred with you, you know, because it's few and far between. Um, I, I completely went off track though, but no, no, you're on the right track. No, you hit We're the nail wrestling. on the head. Yeah, yeah, nah, but just uh, you know, I, I learned everything there at that school, and you know, I really attribute a lot to to Azrael, to Mike Morgan because they really helped me out. Again, guys like Jay Leto, you know, just being able to roll into in the ring once in a while with Homicide, still conversing with Homicide, learning a lot from Homicide, seeing guys come in and out of the company like Eddie Kingston, uh, Proud and Powerful. They were there for a, little, a small little stint. You know, guys like that that are, you know, that own the New York scene, you know, mm-hmm. and those guys, you know, just being around them, being able to get stories from them, talking to them, everything like that, learning from some of these people, it was, it was great, you know, and you got to learn a lot, um, you know, and a lot of, again, a lot of unsung guys like, you know, like Azrael, you know, and like even as far back as a guy named E.C. Negro during that time, he was really into what he was doing and really into actually helping people at that specific time early on there and you know just picking up things from those guys who were actually successful at the time you know um again guys also like monster mac very successful very underrated 
and really good worker and really good person all around, you know, and very honest, which is what people need in this business. They don't need people to sugarcoat it or or lie to you and say that they saw a match when they didn't really see a match and just give you a bullcrap answer. You'd rather get someone to be real with you, straight with you, and just say, you know, this was good, this wasn't good. And those people actually did that, you know, and you could really appreciate that. Um, but, yeah, just <laughs> that's how the story started 18 years ago, just and it's just still rolling, man. But, yeah, yeah. Well, this, the story continues. So let me ask you. Because when DeVore and I were active, we noticed a difference from, and we've gone through this a few times, different episodes, so we're Virginia boys, and they said we have that Southern style. (laughs) But then when we went to different territories or different states, so when we started in Jersey, we started learning that, yeah, there's wrestling up here. There's a little bit of a different flavor, a little different style. Expectations are different. So coming from your background, what we call the North, and you're coming down further and further south, and you're in Florida. How uh, how has the crowd down there reacted to you and your style? Because it's not that it's so vastly different, but it's different expectations, different experience. Well, yeah. I mean, you have the, the New York and Jersey. New York and Jersey, pretty much the same. You got very uh, guys, very strong style type of wrestling which actually i can honestly say if you look far back into into history with wrestling in new york and new jersey the strong style that you see now to me it originated in the doghouse you know i wasn't there i can't say i was there a lot again i was only there that one time i i had that that little Appearance doing the little back doing a little backyard show and then I actually saw a doghouse show and I saw how they worked and they worked just like all the Japanese wrestlers work very strong very stiff very snug with each other and that's what hooked me even more like I'm like I have to start training you know like I can't like this I love this what I'm watching right in front of my face because this was wasn't your Again, your old old school good guy, bad guy wrestling show that you saw in WWF or in WCW. You know, these were guys that were going out there, you know, kicking the shit out of each other, you know? And that that that's real life right there. Especially as a kid like me growing up in Brooklyn, like that's what you saw all the time. So now you're seeing this in the ring. So you're seeing this, it's something you love and it, you feel that realness to it, you know? So, you know, you're, you're hooked to it, but going down. So in, I'm sorry, not even going down there, but in still in New York and New Jersey, that's how the guys go. You know, mm-hmm. the guys, the guys go hard, guys go hard in, in New York and New Jersey. And you, again, you can separate the pretenders from the contenders very quickly based on their work rate and how they go, you know, and then slowly making my move down to Florida to wrestle out there, you know, the guy, it, it seems like the guys have caught up to it over there. They, they, I can see a lot of great performers out there. When I'm down there, there's a kid by the name of uh, Ariel Dominguez, I believe it is. I don't want to be disrespectful and get his name wrong, but I believe it's Ariel Dominguez. Really good worker. He used to be a collegiate wrestler. Very good at what he does. does I, I wouldn't say he does the, the strong style, but he's good at what he does. You know? Then... Uh, you know, you have a couple of good guys. I, can't, I don't have their name off the top of my head, but 
you know, there's a kid that came from the AR Fox system that he's wrestling out there right now, and he's the ACW Cruiserweight Champion. Uh, I believe Bobby Flacco, good worker too, very good guy, can can move around the ring. But I feel honestly like the the guys from New York and New Jersey is just no disrespect to the guys in Florida, but it's just another there's just another layer to us, you know. There's just another layer to us. You can tell the difference. You can see the difference because when we go, we go in hard, you know. Well, not only that, going- the northern style. Yes, you're going out there and you're working snug, uh, but the northern style relied very much on storytelling in the ring on top of Absolutely. the physicality of what you're doing out there. And I think that's Absolutely. one of the things that's really been missing in this business for a very long time is the storytelling aspect. And I'm not talking about there and going out there with a the microphone and yakking. I'm talking about going out there and physically telling a story with your body. A lot exactly. of these guys don't get it. I mean, I'm not going to be one of those guys like Jim Cornette that sits here and bitches about, you know, everything should be 1982 because it's not 1982. However, the storytelling process never dies. Some people kill it, but it never dies. And the ones that stand out are the ones that can go out there and not only do these tremendous, because the workers of today, make no mistake about it, they're tremendous athletes. They can do stuff that I only dreamt about doing back then. Um, right. But the ones that stand out are the ones that are able to tell a story along the way and putting those high position spots in just the right place and not constantly hitting the same thing over and over and over. But they're drawing the people in with the storytelling process with their bodies. No, yeah, I completely agree. You know, it, it, the whole thing is, too, I know, you know, you have those people that that go crazy when Jim Cornette goes off. And, you know, there are times that I do listen to it and I'm just like, ah, oh, you're a little out of touch, my guy. But, you know, in the same token, some of the stuff he says makes sense and is correct. Yep. Because you do, you should be able like the guys out there, they go out there, they do all these flips and that's cool and everything. And that's fine. I mean, you're out there to amaze the crowd and that's great. And, you know, originally wrestling started as a traveling circus as it is. So, <laughs> right. you know, it, it's an expectation. So, you know, that's good and all, but if you're doing that, you need to be able to tell a story. You you need to be able to to hit that crowd with something where they, when all is said and done, they understand why this, that, and a third happened, you know? And still, you still need to get that emotion pulled out of them because if you start noticing now, a lot of crowds, you know, they've come to a point that guys are doing that and they're you don't get too much of a reaction anymore because it was just happening to happen or it's happened too much throughout the show that it no longer means anything when it really, you know, when something really big happens. I'll say the same, same exact thing. You know, one of the philosophies that we were taught but some of those old timers that pre predated 1982, we're talking about the 60s and 70s, was the concept of less is more. Yeah. Because how many suicide toupees are you going to see out there or Hurricane Ranas where, you know, what's the opening move? What are you going to do? A DDT? What's the opening? You know, so it gets to the point to where the wrestling aspect, it's even so it's called pro wrestling, but the wrestling aspect is shrinking when it's becoming more like an acrobatic event. It's yeah. almost meaningless. But that doesn't take away from their athletic abilities. It's just like 
how is the crowd going to react because they don't know what you're telling them. There's just two guys out there, you know, I like to call it combat cosplay because there's right. really nothing going on. It's not all, but there seems to be a trend where it's more and more. That's just my opinion. Well, no, I no. Mean, you're speaking the truth. I mean, uh, one of the defining moments in my career was uh, I got to work Dusty. And we sat in the back and, you know, we talked a little bit about what we wanted to accomplish out there, but not a lot. We just sat in the locker room and shot the shit. And then when we got out there and we got going, the first thing Dusty did was he grabbed me by the back of the head and said, kid, stop, slow down. And to me, I, it got to the point where I thought we were literally just walking around the ring that we were going that slow. And he was still saying, slow down. Where, where, where are you trying to go? And, and something is what the kids of today would be, oh, that's silly, the bionic elbow. Got, you know, the pop of the night. And, and it wasn't because there was any effort put into it, but he told a story leading up to that moment. And, you know, when I hit that first bump, I was like, oh, okay. That's what the storytelling process is about. And I wish more guys got it, but you know, you saying that you, this goes back 18 years from you. I'm sure it's nothing new to you. And you know, 18 years is a long time. And and when you're out there making them rounds and you're making them drives, man, you know, when Diego and I were out there doing those 20 hour one way trips, we didn't have a whole lot out there to help us along except for storytelling, keeping our mouth shut and learning from the vets in the business. And if you were lucky, you had a, a cup of coffee or cappuccino to keep you going well today's generation man they've got so much more they've got something called rogue energy rogue energy is the number one energy drink out there today and it was actually designed for you gamers you guys like to sit up all night long and play your your warfare games or your wrestling games if you will you want to stay up you want to get that edge rogue energy unlike bull or monster energy it's not in a can you don't get that metallic taste it's actually a powder and for you people that are diabetic, there's zero sugar in it, so it's not going to kick your numbers up. But the best thing about it is the taste. It actually, the first time I, I drank it, I thought it was Kool-Aid. I thought it, somebody handed me a gimmick of Kool-Aid. And then I drank it, and you get that buzz. You get that natural high that you want from an energy drink, but four hours later, you don't crash, which is it's amazing. So Rogue Energy... They have so many flavors. You got your fruit punch, your grape. I'm a big fan of the peach tea. Now, for you fans of the Diego and Divorce Show, Diego's going to tell you how you can get your hands on this rogue energy and make those trips last so much longer. Oh, you got that right, your lordship. Let me tell you, 18 years is exactly how long I was in the business for. And I wish I had this product back then because, you know, taking the 12-hour energy shot and chase it with a monster. It just wasn't cutting it no more. In fact, it was working against me. It was killing me. So let me tell you something. Go to RogueEnergy.com. Type in that promo code, Diego and Divorce Show. That's Diego. Shift 7 for the little squiggly and Divorce Show. Diego and Divorce Show. Get yourself 10% off your complete order. Order yourself one of those uh, Rogue Energies. Get a sampler. And... Um, they should just call it Shift 7 Energy because I keep saying, that way you know people put the word and. Instead of putting and a little squiggly, get a 10% off. But uh, you like that PC? 
you know, I don't know where I'm going with this. I think maybe I should cut down on this rogue energy, but <laughs> yeah, I think you rogue should, energy. Man, com. You know, the, the ephedra wasn't <laughs> what was messing you up back then. It was those, those gas station crappuccinos that you drank at four o'clock in the morning, doing 130 miles an hour, going down the highway, talking my yeah. ear off. And half the time you're looking at me instead of the road. Yeah, that's very true. I almost got you killed a few nights. Anyway, RogueEnergy.com, Diego and Divorce Show. Promo code, get 10% off today. Back to our special guest tonight, the Brooklyn Outlaw, Donovan. So, my gosh, man, you know, you talk, talking 18 years, but you're talking like you've been around a lot longer than that because a lot of the same things you were saying are the same lessons that uh, Lee was teaching us, Honky Tonk Man was talking to us, Greg Valentine was telling us, even Norman Smiley was telling us during that time, you know, Less is more. Take your time. Make it count. So you're taking your talents to Florida. So let's say you get down there in Florida, and what was the crowd reaction to a northern guy down in the south being really tough like that, just beating up on the folks? Well, initially when I first came out, they were just like, "Who the fuck is this guy?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like any other standard. Place. That's that's a standard reaction. Who is this yeah, cat? Exactly. You know, um, but, I, you know, the one thing I could say very comfortably, comfortably is that, you know, I don't look like nobody. I don't talk like nobody. You know, I don't present the same presentation as anybody. So they knew they were in for something. And, you know, once that bell rang, you know, I went in, did what I had to do. And I'm pretty sure and I'm pretty confident in knowing that they know that, you know, as you guys like to say, they got a, themselves a diamond in the rough. Yeah. And, you know, uh, from then it just, you know, it's still spawning into something bigger right now. You know, currently in ACW, I'm going after one of their guys. Uh, I like to call him Danny Boy. Uh, <laughs> um, he's their combat champion. Uh, which I plan on taking it from him very, very soon. Uh, and I also started up a nice little group of guys that I have from NYC as it is. Uh, and actually, we are called the NYC crew. And obviously, you think NYC crew, it's the obvious story of the New York, you know, the New York City crew. Uh, it's not that, though. It's uh, not your choice crew. Because pretty much for a very yeah, long like time. That. Yeah. Pretty much for a very long time, obviously me, 18 years, and uh, the other guys that I have in my group, one for eight years, the other one for six, you know, we've been busting our ass. We've been doing what we have to do. We've been, uh, you know, shutting our mouths, opening those ears and eyes, listening to what's been told to us to do, you know, and we haven't got as far as we know we're capable of going. Uh, you know, me, I've gotten as far so far as, you know, being a part of Evolve Wrestling. You know, I was with a, within a group called uh, The Unwanted as well, which was comprised of, you know, Kobe uh, Carino, uh, Sean Maluda, Joe Gacy, and the king himself, Eddie Kingston. And now these are people that, again, learned tremendously from, you know, had a really short stint there. And then obviously what happened already now that they're uh, evolved zone by uh, WWE now. Uh, so obviously that came to a close. But, you know, just picking up and learning so much from them, you know, I got that far. And just knowing that you got that far and you, you're you right there, you know, 
that just gave that that hunger and just to know that you know you can you can get over that hump but at the same time seeing that the other guys that got over the hump got there but you know what happened to me and this ain't don't get it twisted though this isn't me you know spoiled milk me being upset or anything about that about that because I'm not upset about that at all because I know the star I'm capable of being and I know the star I'm gonna be so it's a matter of just continuing to grind continuing to go with my boys now that are even more hungrier than me because they're just a little bit younger than me in the biz so we're just gonna go over there go to Florida take over things Maybe go down to the Virginia area. Go up, actually, since we were in Florida. Go up to the Virginia area. Take care of that area, too, maybe. Then keep going. Keep going to New York. Maybe take over Massachusetts, as much as I hate that area, being a guy from New York. And just keep going from there all over the world, my guy. Now, let's touch a little bit on Evolve. When you got to Evolve, um, Evolve is one of the bigger, for the people that might not know, and if you don't know, you're living under a rock. They, they were one of the bigger independent companies on the East Coast. And when you walked through the door, what was your initial reaction? Because walking into a company like that, it's a completely different animal. And when, when you look at the production and, and the way that things are run there, um, sometimes it can be a little bit overwhelming because a lot of the guys, especially on the independent circuit, they will never, ever see... I mean, I'm not talking down about anybody, but they will never see that side of the business outside of going to a show that big and buying a ticket. So being on the other side of that curtain and seeing the production and the way it's run, what was your what was your initial reaction to being in a company like that? Well, remember at the time that I actually got in there, I mean, prior to that, Evolve had ran for... I believe it was 10 years or a little bit over 10 years, maybe 11 it was going to be. Um, So recently they were, you know, doing business with WWE, obviously. And then more importantly, NXT specifically. Um, So just being there and, you know, seeing the NXT superstars, you know, being a part of this and some of those guys really taking it very personal and taking it and, you know, treating evolve as a, like almost like their baby and mm-hmm. uh you know Tommaso Ciampa was one of them very into the product very you know wanted to help out you know get the you know stars of tomorrow there you know and ready for when the time called um it was it was a little overwhelming when I first got there I mean at that time I've been doing this for 17 years and I never really got uh a break you know an opportunity mm-hmm. and this was me just coming off of, uh, I believe it was tearing my tricep. I had, you know, I was always told, go do go do seminars, go do this, go do that. And to my own fault, I never took it seriously in that aspect. I was like, ah, oh, what am I going to go do that? What, what am I going to get out of it? You know, not realizing that, you know, you, one, you're going to get a whole worth of knowledge out of the seminar. And two, you're going to get the right people looking at you. At the same time, because with uh, if this guy makes it or if this guy is already there, he's going to remember you from that seminar, from that tryout. And he's going to if he's at TV and they need somebody and you made a good impression on them, they're going to say, hey, we got a guy. I got a guy. I know somebody that can come down, you know, and that'll take care of you. 
Um, you know, my first seminar actually before even Evolve itself was uh, I did prior to WrestleMania. It was the Seth Rollins seminar down in Jersey City. And at that time, I was still questioning, you know, my presentation, everything I did. I felt like I had something at the same time. I was still questioning it a lot. And I went in there with uh, one of the referees, actually, now that's in NXT. Um, I'm terrible with names. So I really can't remember. Oh, Stephen Smith. Sorry. Mm-hmm. He was a, he was actually in there. We were, we were working a match. Uh, and I, we killed it. Me and him went in there, uh, did our thing, and we were told specifically by Seth Rollins that that was the best match he's seen today, uh, and it was a really good match, and he put us over for our work. And at that point, I was like, okay, I'm on the right track. You know, I'm doing something good here. Then uh, fast forward, uh, I do the Seth, uh, sorry, I do the uh, Roderick Strong seminar for you know Evolve, and it was. Obviously, it involved a tryout as well. We did it. Um, had a good time. Had a good experience. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't picked that night to work on the show, but I got to help around. And helping around with everybody, you just see everything that's going on backstage, whether you have, you know, Gabe Sapolsky running around, you know, running the ship as always. You know, Trevin Adams as one of his, I believe is it at the time was one of his seconds or thirds. Uh, Sal who I believe was his right-hand man, just doing, the, just putting everything together, seeing how, you know, seeing how they're doing everything, seeing how, you know, what they expect from the talent, letting them know what they're expecting for the night, you know, trying to just get everything put together and just everybody from the NXT talent to the guys on the roster just coming together, working together, talking. It's a totally different atmosphere than just your everyday indie promotion where nobody's paying attention to the match before them. Nobody's paying attention to the match after them. You know, everybody was locked on. Everybody wanted to make sure, what are you doing in this match? What are you doing in this match? Mm-hmm. You know, and making sure that every match that came out there was something different brought to the table. It's like, this is a totally different world compared to indie wrestling. Because, again, this is, to me, Evolve was the upper tier indie wrestling promotion in the Northeast that will take everybody to the next level. And I felt very strongly about that. So I feel strongly right now that with Evolve leaving, we're still looking, now we're waiting and looking for the next top tier independent promotion in that area that can take guys to the next level. Cause right now there isn't out there. And then when finally I was, uh, I was called and told that I was going to be, you know, a part of Evolve. And, you know, just a part of that whole group, just, you know, again, just a million things going on in your head and you're standing with a bunch of guys who you've you've done independent wrestling shows with, but now they're on this next level compared to you and they've been there for a while. So they're comfortable in their own skin. You're sitting there and you're even though, you know, what you brought to the table was good enough to get you there. Now you're questioning yourself of what should I do now? And I remember specifically being online waiting to get my blood pressure checked and everything like that because in New York obviously they you know they have the commission there and that needs to get done um I'm standing there and of all people I'm standing uh behind of was the referee Stephen Smith the one that I wrestled at that uh Seth Rollins seminar and he saw me I'm looking around everywhere I'm looking nervous and everything and he's like bro you know what are you nervous about 
I'm like, you know, it's the first time, you know, this is my break. This is my opportunity. And his exact words, you know why they picked you up, you know, and what brought you here is the same thing you need to bring out there tonight. So stop being fucking afraid. Stop being worried and just go out there and fucking kill it. And from that point on, that kind of like took that whole mindset off of me. And I was like, you know, I'm going to take this and I'm going to own this, you know. And again, it, again, it's a totally different world. And you've got the guys from NXT that are there. And, you know, they can really say they live and breathe this because they're doing this every day compared you, to your everyday you indie guy. right on the head. I mean, when you, when you initially started talking about going to seminars and you had your trepidations about doing the seminars, in a way, you were right about being uh, trepidatious about taking these seminars because there's a difference between attending a seminar and going to a seminar because so many of these independent companies out there They'll pull a guy out there. They'll charge everybody and their dog 50 bucks to come in and roll around with the star. And you don't learn anything. And if you, you know, the only ones that are going to learn anything are the greenhorns that are going to learn how to take a back bump the proper way. Yeah. The seminars that guys should attend are the ones that, for lack of a better term, it's a closed seminar. Not just anybody can get in. You have to show why you are good enough to be in this seminar. Because before the world shut down, I was going to bring in a bunch of people. I was, I'd been talking to Hector Guerrero about coming in and doing a seminar. And the thing that threw him off was he said, well, how many people are you going to let in? And I said, maybe five. And he was like, well, how are you going to make money off of it? I said, I'm not trying to make money off of it. I have a core group of guys that I want to take to the next level. They need somebody to share the tree of knowledge and not worry about, Oh, that guy over there wants a t-shirt and a picture with you after we're done rolling around in the ring. These guys want to learn. They want to take it to that next level. No. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, the, the seminars I attended, I made sure that these were people with substance that, you know, were doing things, you know, my, you know, again, I told you, I did the Seth Rollins seminar, uh, Right after that, or I think actually prior to that, I had did the Punishment Martinez, Gerald Briscoe, and Ian Riccoboni seminar. Now, you got Ian Riccoboni and Punishment Martinez at the time who was doing uh, Ring of Honor. Obviously, later on, left Ring of Honor, and now he's Damian Priest on NXT. Mm -hmm. And then you have Gerald Briscoe. Like, there's not more I need to say about that. Right. You know? Then again, did the the Roderick Strong uh, Evolve seminar. Then after that, I was, you know, I went ahead and did their three day camp down in Florida, the recruitment camp that they had. And you had William Regal, Samasa Champa, you know, Shayna Baszler, um, you know, amongst many of other WWE head honchos out there you know, being a part of this whole seminar and giving a plethora of their knowledge to all these, you know, hungry talent out there. You know, I made sure that I, I went ahead and I, I went to something that I know I was going to gain knowledge from. I was going to gain, you know, hear from someone who has immense amounts of uh, experience and have been successful in this business. Not just your everyday guy that just going to tell you a couple of things and talk about how, you know, how this guy sucks, that guy sucks, but then this guy and that guy is the guy that's making more money than them in the business. Right. Doesn't make sense. 
Yeah, and touching on, on these uh, seminars that they call them JoJo's, and there's got to be more to the performance aspect in the ring because the minute you walk in that door, that's when you're getting judged. Oh, absolutely. How you act, how you you know how you interact with other people from the highest to the lowest. So, and I know that running a locker room, you can t- separate the professionals from the goofs. So. How does that play in one of those, let's say like a Seth Rollins one or a Les Thatcher seminar to where you don't have to name names. Have there any, been any instances where guys come in and thinking they're hot shit and then they pay extra attention to them, if you know what I'm saying? No, I get what you're saying. Um, there are, with my, on, luckily, with my experiences with the seminars, the, the ones that I literally named are the only ones I've ever attended. And for the most part, there were guys that were really out there to learn. I mean, obviously, they knew the people that they're dealing with because that's why they went ahead and got into this seminar. And they were not trying to get themselves to look like a bunch of idiots. So (laughs) they made sure, you know, they made sure they were on their P's and Q's. They made sure they did what they had to do. Um, I might have had, like, been a part of one seminar where one of the guys was being a little difficult for our tryout match. But it just came down to the point that, you know, this is a big opportunity for both of us. And I, you know, I believe the gentleman had a little bit of a chip on his shoulder and was like, well, I've wrestled all the best guys in the UK. And I was like, "Uh, that's cool. I've been doing this for 17 years and I'm not going to let you decide my fate right now. So shut the fuck up. Listen, throwing your shit. And we'll come out there and we'll go out there and fucking kill it. And that in that instance, he realized, oh, crap, this is this is how far I can get with this guy with this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I don't I don't usually do that. But at that moment, it was such a high stakes moment in my mind. I felt like I had to say something, you know, I'm usually a very chill, reserved back guy. And when I'm in a locker room, you know. I say hi to everybody, shake everybody's hands, very respectful, come in the building. If you guys need any help, let me know. I'm going to, you know, I'll be that first one to walk up to the promoter. You know, you guys need any help? Or nine times out of ten, you shouldn't be even walking up to the promoter because the promoter is running around everywhere. You should be walking out, walking up to his right-hand man and saying, hey, you know, find out who's the right-hand man for the promoter. Oh, that's this guy. All right, cool. You need me to do anything? Boom. Help out, you know, which a lot of people don't do anymore. Help out. If you need to put chairs out, put some chairs out. It's not that difficult, man. If you need to help pull, you know, get the ring set up, set up the ring. You were doing it before. You, you're still doing it now, you know? So just just do do your part, you know? And then when it's time to perform, go out there and perform. Yeah, you're and, never done paying your dues. So. No. And with, and with that, you talk about your 18 years. And I had my 18. I bowed out right at 18. Mr. DeVore, 22 years. And um, we're talking about a long time. And, and speaking of time, Mr. DeVore, is an interesting segue because we haven't talked about this in quite a little bit of a while. So the other day, I was doing something and I had my Invicta watch on. And this nice lady says, hey, that's a very nice watch. And I show her the watch. She goes, and you'd be amazed at kind of compliments you get by wearing this timepiece and how many people actually love the Invicta brand watch. No, oh, absolutely. We, you know, you talk about earlier, we were talking about presentation and it's all about how you look when you walk through the door. 
And if you want to make a presentation, you want to make that statement. Invicta is the way you make that statement. Invicta watches are the centerpiece of every wardrobe you will ever wear. You want to wear that watch. Just like Diego said, people walk up and go, man, where did you get that watch? Well, we're going to tell you where to get that watch. You want to go to ucwforever.com. Click on the partners page. Scroll down to see the Invicta banner. Hit that button and open the world of Invicta to your life today. Now, for you ballers out there, they've got them watches out there. Man, I'm telling you now, people are going to look at that and you're going, man, I got to have that watch. Now, for you penny pinchers out there like Diego, they've even got a clear. Oh, shit. (laughs) (laughs) Damn. But if you want that watch that everybody goes, holy crap, where did you get it? UCWforever.com. Hit the partners page, click on Invicta banner, and get that watch as the centerpiece of everything that you wear today. And you know, when I was wearing that, I learned a new term because I'm on the Invictaholics uh, fan page on the Facebook, right? A term, it's a word, not a term, called flossing. To me, I thought it was like, you know, somebody was very proud of their dental work or their dental hygiene. <laughs> and it's, but it's flossing. No G with an apostrophe after the end. So I say flossing all the time. My girl is like, what are you doing? I'm picking out a watch. I'm going to go out there and floss it. Go flossing, now right? See, that shows you how far behind the times I am. I thought flossing was a dance. Well, apparently it is too because my stepdaughter says no. She goes on TikTok. This is flossing. Go, hey, none of them wearing Invicta watch. So they ain't doing it right. <laughs> so Brooklyn Outlaw Donovan. So before we, we get going and – uh it's been a pleasure okay. having now, you on, on because... On. Before we go, there's something that I want him to touch on. Because he yeah. said it several times through here. And, and I want him to take this opportunity to help out the younger crews out there. That they look at him and they go, well, how do I get there? And one of the things that you kept talking about was your presentation. So tell me how you got to your presentation. How you put it together, the thought process and went behind it that this is going to be my brand because it's like I said earlier, everybody out there looks the same. They all dress like AJ styles. They've all got tattoos. They've all got long hair. They've all got beards. They've all got their kick pads. Nobody takes the time to make a presentation, a statement and make their own brand anymore. So what was your process? How did you come up with your presentation to make yourself stand out? I'm going to be honest with you. And I think this is something that, everybody tends to miss out on and this is quite frankly i'm pretty sure you've heard this a thousand times too be yourself i never you know throughout these uh 18 years i was just you know when i first started i was tag teaming up with somebody i was being whatever he wanted me to be because i just started out in the business then later on you know i was teamed up with someone else and this guy was like Mr. Pretty Boy, suave and everything like that. And I was like, all right, I'm going to do that too. Do exactly what he's doing. And then it got to, to that opportunity finally that I was out on my own. And I was like, you know what? It's time to be myself. You know, time to be that, that kid from Brooklyn, New York, you know, that used to hang out in front of the bodegas or in front of his uh, building, not knowing, you know, whether he was going to get shot, robbed, stabbed, whatever the case may be. You know, because that's just how things were. And, you know, when I finally got that opportunity to just, you know, sit there and go back to my roots of who I am and just be real 
and be 100% me, you know, that's when everything just came together, you know, and it's, I, I've never been more comfortable in my own shoes in this business than I am, than I have been for the past two years now. And this is literally two years back then. It's just being every, everything that everybody else wants me to be. And then it got to a point where, you know, work and work and work little by little, trying to figure it out, trying to find out what it is. And then you just figure out, Oh shit. You know, I just need to be myself. And you know, everybody says turn, be yourself, and turn up the volume. Well, my guy, I, my volume's already turned up, so yeah. <laughs> I just need to be me, dog, and that's that's exactly what I do. I'm myself, you know. I, I take I take that knowledge, you know, that I greatly appreciate that was given to me, you know, and I turned it to my own, and just the presentation itself. Again, as I said, it's me. It's genuine. It's real. So when I'm out there and I'm giving something to the crowd, they're going to feel that because it's 100% coming from my heart. And I always tell that to anybody else that's out there. If I tell them when you're in there, you need to feel it in your heart. Because if you ain't feeling it in your heart, nine times out of ten, those people out there watching you, they're not feeling it either. Absolutely, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe in you either. And the biggest exactly. star this industry has ever seen are people that are out there just being themselves. Stone Cold Steve Austin was just being Steve. Rick mm. Flair was just being Rick. You know, they you know, of course with the volume turned all the way up, but they just like you said, you learn to be comfortable in your own skin, accept who you are, and that's your brand. Yeah, exactly. You gotta invest in yourself because somebody else is gonna do it for you. Exactly. You have to be you, you have to be your biggest promoter. Cause at the end of the day, let's be real. Any promoter out there, you know, I want you on my show, I want you on my show, I love you, I love you, I love you. Uh hey, what we're doing next month. Ah, well, you know, we don't got room on the show for you tonight. Uh we had to move a couple of things around. And that happens. And it, it's you shouldn't as a worker, you shouldn't expect that you're gonna be on every show as it is. But what you do have control over is making sure that when that booker is booking his show, he says, I need to have the Brooklyn Outlaw Donovan on that show. Damn. People got to learn. That's words of wisdom right there. Everything you said in the last 10, 15 minutes, people need to take to heart because that's the path to a, a successful wrestling career, a long one. So, man, I couldn't have said it better myself. So, how do you top that, folks? You don't. That's how you do it because you don't top that. So, before we get going, so and I know I found you on uh, on YouTube and Twitter. So, give us a lowdown on all your social media outlets, what you have, your merchandise, websites, all that stuff. Oh, I'm the worst at promoting myself, but I'm gonna do my best right now. Hey, you gotta <laughs> take your own medicine, promote yourself. No, yeah, of course. I've got uh, I've got a Facebook. It's uh, Facebook.com/slash Mike Donovan eighty four. I've got my. I'm gonna have to actually go check it while I'm talking to you right now. Do it. I've got my uh I've got my Twitter, which is giving me a hassle right now, which is BK underscore outlaw. I've got my Instagram, which I do know by heart, which is BK underscore outlaw seven one eight. Um 
for anybody who's seriously out there looking to use me on their events, my email is 718outlaw at gmail.com. Again, that's for serious inquiries. And you can actually also check me out on YouTube. And all you really have to look up is the Brooklyn Outlaw Donovan and a whole bunch of videos like my guy over here went ahead and found himself. There you go. And uh, if anybody, and I don't understand sometimes is for the, for you guys, guys and gals, everybody's guilty. If you have a social media account, for God's sake, at least put some sort of sample of what it is that you do. Because how do I know if you're good if you're not showing me? Yeah, exactly. Just let, you don't have to put it all out there, but you know, don't make the promoters dig to find what it is you're doing. Give them to them, show them to them. That's just oh. me talking. No, that's one thing actually I learned. Uh, actually, recently I just actually went to a D'Lo Brown uh, seminar because, you know, I just I, I want to pick up as much knowledge as these guys. Again, these are guys that are successful. These guys, these are guys that made money off the business, mm-hmm. you know, that made a living off the business. And him himself, he says it, you know, yeah, you'll send me your resume. That's great. And I'm going to look at your resume. And, you know, he's he told everybody specific techniques on sending out your resume. But guess what? After I check out that resume, I'm going to go check on more footage of you. And I'm not going to just settle on just, oh, that one great video. Because, yeah, that's great. You sent me that one great match. But now I got to see what else you bring to the table, how different your presentation is with the next guy. And then Mm -hmm. the next guy, if you can come and show a different presentation every time that you're out there. No, your presentation yourself obviously should be genuine and the same because you're, you're being you. But then your presentation with this guy. That guy, that guy, it always sh- it should be a different match. It should never be the same exact thing over and over and over. You know, the repetitiveness that 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 shouldn't be the case. You have to go in there. You're going to go in there with a shooter. You know, you're going to go in there with a flat with a flyer. You're going to go in with with someone who's just got the old school, old school swag. And, you know, it's all going to come out and look different every time. So obviously they're going to go go on YouTube. They're going to check your footage. They're going to go on your Instagram, see if you got any clips of yourself. You should be, as a professional wrestler, if you're not there already, where they have a media team that's taking care of that for you, you should always be out there selling yourself. Absolutely. Hell yeah. So with that, let me tell you, folks, so you won't regret it. Go up, look up his stuff, and then we're also following him on our our Facebook, we're following him on our Facebook, we're following him on our Twitter. So go to what people we follow, look him up, and then there's also other great talent there as well. So he's under the at BK under, under what is it, a little line underscore? Is that what it's called now? BK underscore, yeah. That's what the kids call it. So at BK <laughs> underscore outlaw, look him up on Twitter or come to our Twitter page at Diego and Devore and uh, check him out, please. Because had it not been for that Twitter and your promoting yourself, man, you know, it could have been a lot longer before we met. So it was time well invested. So I appreciate you coming on our show and uh, sharing your wisdom. Thank you guys having me. Hey, anytime, man. So in a few months from now, we'll uh, reach out to you again, have you back on the show, and you keep us in, give us an update on what you're doing. Hopefully 2021 will be better for all of us. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that, man. And I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty confident that that 2021 is going to be something to remember for myself. Or I'm going to make sure that it's going to be the case. Period. 
As long as 2021 doesn't look at 2020 and say, hold my beer. <laughs> oh, don't worry for the alien invasion is coming. So until <laughs> the alien invasion comes, thank you. If anybody is Brooklyn Outlaw Donovan, look him up on the social media. Do yourself a favor. Check him out. Thank you for coming on. And uh, Mr. DeVore, if you're ready, because I know you just took your chamomile tea with a little... Little honey and lemon twist, there you so go, you can man. get and your you vocal cords. You know where I got my chamomile tea from? Please tell me, because I want to hear this. I, you know, I got it from our latest sponsor, Amazon. Amazon.com. You can't beat it. You know, you're going to go there. You're going to get everything you want to buy. Look, we're not going to give you a big rundown on what you need to do. There's no special code. Anything you need to do, just go to ucwforever.com page. Click on the Amazon banner. It's going to take you to Amazon, just like you normally shop. Buy whatever. We're not going to tell you you got to buy this or you got to buy that. Just go through that link. Buy whatever you're going to buy. Amazon kicks us back a little love. Help keeps us on the air. So don't forget to show Amazon some love. Hey, sucker punch you with that. With that. Uh, what even a segue? It's like here you go, smack. <laughs> you're welcome. But hey, love that. So you know what? Do your use your Amazon size platinum pipes. Flex it and take it home. Thank you once again for listening to the Diego and Divorce here on Anchor.fm, iTunes, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, as well as Amazon Podcasts. We'd like to thank our special guest, the Outlaw Donovan. It was a very nice talking to him, especially talking to an old soul. Look him up. Trust us, you won't regret. So until next time on the Diego and Divorce Show, stay safe.